Welcome to Chucked. I'm glad to be with you today. And we're going to pour our wisdom, gleanings, and just... Uh, listen to ourselves talk. Listen to ourselves talk. <laughs> That's right. Today, I am Charles Braxton, and I am with Austin Charles. We're both Chucks, and we're glad to have the Chucksters and the Chuckettes with us today. Uh, had a really, really good uh, weekend, Oz. Um, it was good to be back at Southbrook. I was gone the weekend before at a wedding. Mm-hmm. And just, I, I was Hardest so, wedding you've ever done, right? Uh, not the hardest. It was tough, you know. It was, it was tough just because... Pneumonia and all the, you had or the, whatever. Yeah, it was... I was really sick and... And um, I was on the up and up by the weekend to some extent, but I was still really sick. It was in mm-hmm. Orlando, and um, I was I was as sick as I ever remember being as an adult the week before. I mean, I was uh, I had a 105 degree temperature on one one night, and I don't know if you've ever had that, but it, you're you're borderline delirious. Mm-hmm. It was really Funksville, mm-hmm. you know. I was. Like every memory, I would have these memories, and they all made me sickingly annoyed. Mm-hmm. Like to annoyed to the point of nausea, and I was just kept mm-hmm. kept having all these memories of things and everything, everything, everything annoyed me. Mm-hmm. Everything annoyed me. Had such a high fever, you could almost qualify to conceive of a new Arab religion. <laughs> there you go. It's, a, it's an Islamic joke. Yeah, is I'm that right? to make one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Be careful. Um, <laughs> Too late. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel better. You were sick last week. I understand. Yeah. I so my wife and son had were throwing up with a fever the day I was leaving for a, a trip to Orlando, and uh, I had an answered prayer. I I said I can. I'm I'm fine with having this sickness as long as I don't have it. As long as it's either, you know, as long as it's after mm-hmm. my trip. And about 24 hours after my trip, I threw up. Not much. I didn't have it as bad as they did, but I threw up and I had a fever and uh, I was better the next day, but which was yesterday. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm glad uh, I didn't get it on the trip because yeah. I can't do flying as, as you experienced last weekend. You know, the sickness is the worst. So. Yeah, I, I survived. So la- one of the things we, we want to talk about today, or what we want to talk about, is um, is some leadership stuff and life stuff because you uh, and your some of your team members went to the Exponential Conference in Orlando, which is I believe it's in Orlando about every year, right? Is it is it always in Orlando? They have. Uh, Eight locations. Oh, they do. Okay, I didn't know. One that. of them's in Orlando. One's New York, Chicago, L.A., okay. or San Diego. Okay, um, all throughout the U.S. Okay, which makes sense for something called exponential. Yeah, it'd be it'd be uh, the height of irony for exponential to be one location. Yeah, um, it wouldn't be very effective. Uh, you you were there, and and so it's a it's a church leadership. It's a it's a discipleship conference, you know, discipleship being really mentoring. It's just a church word for mentoring mm-hmm. and people development, growth. Um, so give give everyone what is Exponential and uh, uh, insight into Austin McMahon's week last week. Um, so Exponential is about church planning in short. Yeah. And equipping church leaders, uh, pastors to um, inspire them, teach them, and... Uh, push them out to to plant churches and to uh, 
take more territory um, for the kingdom and, uh, and uh, internationally all throughout the world, particularly in the United States, but a lot of great international speakers came. And um, so um, uh, multi- they, you know, the, the, the multiplication um, movement, mobilization, those are kind of their terms they were using. And uh, yeah, it was really good. So they would have, uh, what was it? We were there four days of of the of the conference, three or four days, I can't remember. And they would have uh, it's a church called Community Church in Illinois that puts it on, and their worship team was there as well. Really good worship team. A lot too much worship for me uh, um, in that that in that way. But um, they do like three songs, uh, two speakers, three songs, two speakers. Um, and but in between all, all all those kind of main sessions, as they would call them, and that would go through all throughout, throughout the day, uh, were breakout sessions, and that was where, at least for Fleming and I, where we felt like we had the most. So more of the celebrity pastors were in the main sessions: Francis Chan, Ed Stetzer, um, who else? Uh, Alan Hirsch, and uh, but lesser known pastors, you could say, led breakout sessions, the workshops, and during each breakout session where you could pick from, gosh, each session would have 20 some workshops. And so there were about over 4,000 people at the entire conference. And each workshop would have anywhere from 20 to 50 people attending them. Mm-hmm. And they would have a description and who the person was and what they were teaching mm-hmm. on. And, and that got a little bit less away from, more into the particulars of what might be involved within um, any kind of mission and discipleship. And so, uh, I know there was one okay. great, great one. I went on about healing prayer. It's a great one. I went to, um, about evangelism. Uh, the best one was probably this guy named Larry Osborne. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of him? Mm-hmm. Um, that was probably the best one I went to, uh, so well, let's know, talk about that. So my, here's, here's what's unique. And the reason I wanted to talk about this today is is this is your first church conference since you've been a pastor. Mm-hmm. And so there's all kinds of um you know there's all kinds of stuff shared at these and and uh, church conferences for those uninitiated and haven't had the blessing of attending <laughs> church conferences. Um um Pray tell that heaven is not like one big long church conference, please, Lord. <laughs> um, you know, everybody always has. This is the every generation has the answer. Like mm-hmm. the previous generation messed it up. Mm-hmm. This generation has the answer, and mm-hmm. and of course, the answer right now is in. And typically, the answers are the old answers, just said in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, the answer now is multiplication, right? Multiply mm-hmm. your life. And that's great. Because that's, but you know that's not new. So I'm curious for our listeners, because I know a number of your, you know, your peer group listen to Chucked as a an emerging leader, as a, a newly ordained pastor. 
how was your first church conference? Give us, give us, give Chucksters and Chuckettes the inside scoop, Man. the you know, unedited I- scoop <laughs> on what Austin McMahon thinks of now having been to his first church conference, which you're like me. You didn't want to yeah, go to. I didn't. You didn't want to go, but it was a it good experience. It was one experience. of those things where I said, you know, I was asked last year, I said no. I was asked this year, like six months in advance, sure. And then I got the email, hey, here's your ticket, like a month later. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I've not, I've not, I've not talked to anyone about the trip. And I've tried not to because I don't, you know, it's like. Um, so the Chucksters and Chuckettes are getting the inside, <laughs> inside scoop. scoop. I don't talk things out well. I don't, as far as when it comes to problem solving or, you know, planning the family budget. Uh, I'd rather th- I think through problems better. So um, I don't. I'm pretty. I, was, I don't. I don't think I'd ever go to a church conference again, unless it was by myself, or maybe with my wife. I don't think I would ever. But I would never go with a group again ever. And it's nothing against the. Yeah, because you love the people the, you went with. Yeah, yeah, the four people I went with are some of the greatest people, my favorite people in the world. Look up to, learn from. Um, truly, Why? truly, for, some of for, the for the, the inability most, to process it. Uh, what you're I just I, I I about lost I, I I about lost at being around people that much. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I um, I, was, I I didn't go to tennis Friday morning because I could not be around you guys. <laughs> um, thank God I got sick this weekend where I just could just not be on call it on the weekend services. <laughs> oh, um, thank God I'm throwing I got up sick. a three way into a trash can oh, my Sunday gosh. morning. TMI. And I don't care. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not at church. Hey, by so. the way, because you missed this weekend, you missed Levi introducing the the morning by saying, hey, we're in a series. We've been talking about shame versus grace and good versus evil and boxers versus briefs. <laughs> and by the way, I'm a commando kind of guy. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> Anyhow, I digress. <laughs> you missed that. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Too bad. You know, I, I, you, you talk about a, a, a guy who's in full recovery. You know, of of, mm. of churchianity. Yeah. I mean, he can stand yeah. up there and say, yeah, I'm a commando kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it was, it was the whole, that's, I've never, been, you know, I've never been to Bible camp. I've never been to Bible school. I've never been to, um, I've been in a non-denominational church my whole life. You know, that's my only experience within church. I've been to mass a couple times and even that I appreciate and like. Um, but I've never been to, I've never been, you know, to a Baptist church that long. It was held at a Baptist church. And uh, that had a larger campus in St. Clair. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, 4,500 4, seat auditorium. It huge. It's incredible. I saw the picture. Terribly outdated, huge. painfully outdated, but, you know, it's bigger than St. Clair. I mean, just the amount of Bible study rooms they have. And so you can handle all the workshops. I've never been around that many pastors, you know, my whole life. And obviously just that whole environment. Um, I, did, I, I did really like seeing, I think the most, I think the best thing I got from it uh, was the different races and nations represented hmm. asking all the same questions. I think that was very encouraging. Uh, that, uh, you know, one of the workshops I went to was someone from the Czech Republic and how to deal with atheism in Europe. <laughs> you know, so cool. all these missionaries went to that one, obviously. Mm-hmm. Fleming and I went to that because it's just, uh, you know, it just was, uh, it was very interesting to hear from, uh, you know, this post-socialist, post Soviet Union culture that people literally don't. I mean, they if you ask them who Jesus Christ was, they they wouldn't they wouldn't know what to tell you. So you talk about evangelism, 
Um, you're not even, you know, it's very different culture. So anyway, mm. all that was interesting to hear just, just to see, you know, um, pastors from United Kingdom ask questions, raise their hands and, you know, um, mm-hmm. from all over the world. So that was cool. I don't, I don't, and I, I'm not writing it off. It's not bitter or anything. I just don't know if I'd ever do it again. I, I unless it was by myself. And, um, how will you, I mean, so then how will you continue your, your training and staying? Cause I, I do, I, I, I don't, I'm, I've, I've gone to zillions of those things and, mm-hmm. and I've learned, um, I can't say that I've ever learned anything I couldn't get from a book. That's one thing. That's, that's you know? right. Anytime someone speaks, as a lot of times I say, I'd rather have the manuscript. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so what? What? As a as a uh, an emerging leader, as as that's put, you know. In other words, you're in your twenties and all mm-hmm. that. What is your? What is your take on the future? Of faith communities, is it in good hands? Mm-hmm. It, by by measure of what you experience there, because there are a lot of cutting edge, the fu- the lot of future leaders are at that exponential gathering. I felt that's what that's why with the with the, the amount of demographics I saw represented countries. Yeah. Okay. I felt encouraged by that. Okay. I felt encouraged by that to wrap, wrap up my own my own personal feelings. How I take what I took, how I felt coming away from it. I don't. I don't say that as I'm special and I don't need it. I say that as more probably out of um, it shows a lack of maturity that I can't handle that. I just can't. Ha- I can't handle being there with people. And so I think it's more my own inadequacy there. But I felt encouraged for the f- in a future and leadership down the road sense for for the faith. I mean, there's a lot of great stories. Uh, you know, one of the main speakers in the main sessions was uh, a pastor from Norway. Um, Someone like you know, his, so his his missiology was uh, was not as ridiculous as most of the American celebrity pastors, the Chans, the Stetzers, that just to say, you know, God forbid, you have a church over a thousand people. Um, but this this Norwegian pastor was just uh, he's he just was uh, I'm a pastor to the doctors and the lawyers that go to my church, and he showed and he basically ended his his. 15, 20 minutes with, I went, someone was dying of cancer one time and I went to the hospital. They didn't need me because the head doctor that, that, of that hospital um, goes to our church and he had already prayed and, and worked through them. Cool. So, you know, that's, that's um, obviously a more practical kind of move, especially for our, our generation. Um, I, I, I felt encouraged by, I, by the mega church too uh, in that, still that model or at least the centralized location within a community to just to send people out from to not have to tear the whole thing down and 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 because um, those conferences tend to be that right just absolutely. to let our listeners know that the you know i've been to exponential i've listened and, and it's just big big church bashing mm-hmm. and uh because that's the previous generation of movements and, and such and uh, so it tends to be that the, the the very setting of a large church we mm-hmm. use to bash the, these very kinds of settings. It's really always ironic to me. But um, but you didn't come away with a yeah. Let's tear down the whole model. Mm-hmm. What did you come away with, and what was the genius of the end for you? Well, it's something I'm still, and it's probably partly why I haven't discussed it with many people. I came away feeling incredibly discouraged overall. Uh, and I don't know if that's personally or not. 
Um, I still haven't figured, understood why. And I was encouraged by little things like the demographics and, and nations represented, but um, personally, and that, that was more for the, you know, ecclesiologically, like I felt encouraged. Mm-hmm. But as a, personally, I didn't, I just felt really discouraged. I don't, I think I, I realized how much I, I need to think through a lot of things. Um, I really love my second sibling, um, Southbrook. I don't know how much I really care about the church. Um, I love, I love theology and I, and I, there's nothing that, uh, that, that, uh, is more of an alarm clock than, uh, devoting the vast of my intellectual resources to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and understanding that more. Aside from that, I just don't really care that much. About um, structures and systems. I don't, it's just really, it's really demotivating. It's, it's very, um, you know, it's like, it's, you're basically asking me to plan a party and I just don't, yeah, I don't know how yeah. I don't. And uh, so I don't know, but it was more, per- not just vocation, that's more vocationally, but personally, I just felt like um, really discouraged and um, really worn down by the whole thing. Maybe that's part of just being around people, you know. I, yeah, I, I, I try to envision youth for three and a half days being around people constantly. Well, I brought my running shoes. So I ran each morning and, um, that's good. and you know, I, I, I got up, I still got up at five and ran and read. And did you, when you went out, did you get out in the middle of nowhere in central Florida and just scream really loud? <laughs> ah, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> did you no, do that? I, missed, I, miss, I would miss some sessions and go eat like four tacos and, and the food trucks yeah. nearby and, and just kind of, yeah, just when I, I'm not, it shows a lack of imagery lack of maturity for me because when I get in those places and I want to, whenever I feel suffocated, that's when I need to start lying and telling secrets. And I know that about myself. I know that trend. Whenever I feel suffocated, my only way to bring back control is if I just start lying and telling secrets. I didn't tell any lies in there, but I just want to, I just want to hide. Yeah. I just yeah. want to have something that I can, someone yeah. say, you know, where did you go? Oh, I didn't go there. I went here. Well, I actually went there. <laughs> yeah. And I will just, <laughs> just, because then that's, that's private, you know? Yeah. I and know. I'll just start lying. And um, yeah, that's, so that, that's, so the, that's a microcosm of pastors who hide right there. Yeah. Right? They, there's, I got to have something that's mine. Yeah. I got to have something that's mine. I don't, so I don't know where that it comes from. I, but I feel very encouraged. I, I you know one just simple, um, yeah. The workshops were so good, and they because they were more practical. Good. Larry Osborne was I just man, that's a smart guy. Whew. Yeah, he's smart dude. That you know he gave basically his his workshop was on, um, oh was it uh, maintaining biblical values at um, in an age of in a polarized age of tribalism. So they had me at biblical values, um, and uh, basically his was. How to deal with hot topics of the, of hmm. the age? So um, the antithesis of Chuck, <laughs> in a sense, but but you know, obviously more from the stage and stuff. And basically, you know, he just will not talk about you know anything. You know, if uh, um, he won't talk about anything political, he won't talk about anything. He won't. If someone has a problem with the church, he won't address it. He will just you know preach from scriptures and. And he trusts, but he gave great examples of how, um, mm. you know, something was going on in the news. And, and so he spoke on the minor prophets and that's his way of talking about it. And, and it was, mm-hmm. um, and, but he was just. So he's directly, indirectly addressing it. Yeah. yeah. But he's not, but he's not, uh, you know, blown around by it. And mm-hmm. you've talked about this. Um, but he was, you know, he, you know, this is a guy that's just been so long in ministry mm-hmm. and now he coaches mega church pastors and he's still, but he's still a lead pastor out in Southern California. 
And, he, and he's and he's slightly more conservative out in Southern California, born and raised out there. He's in his sixties, probably, right? Yeah, yeah. And he just the rhetoric he has, the just the the charisma and speaking. You know, he didn't hmm. he didn't really. Uh, but he, he had, it was called the Switzerland Principle, and so it's seven steps of how he just navigates. Um, cool. Current affairs, so that, like something like that. Alex and um, Hannah Absalom, they part. They worked with 3DM, and they, I went to two of their sessions. One was on healing prayer, and um, a woman was healed uh, in, in one of their. And then they just showed. They just talked through how to pray. And a woman was healed in, in one of their sessions and uh, of, a, of a back issue. And uh, another one of theirs was uh, evangelism, how to evangelize to friends and not ruin your friendship, how they do it, and. Mm-hmm. Now they, they live in Southern California. They're both British born and raised and they live in Southern California. Um, interesting thing from them. And I think it's maybe the, the best takeaway for um, maybe our listeners is they're the old church model. The, the McDowell model maybe would be uh, believe, behave, belong would be how um, people would come to the church and mm-hmm. be involved in the church. Uh, prior to that, it might be behave, believe, belong. Their model being in the true, they believe the, the Jesus motto is to belong, believe, and behave. And he, they spoke about that in the context of how they deal with different um, issues of sexuality in Southern California, being mm-hmm. more conservative. And so they talked into belong, believe, behave. Cool. And that was in, in uh, that was helpful because I, I feel like evangelism is something I was. I've, I'm not very good at, and I'd love to learn more at as I've learned more about shepherding in the last couple of years. Uh, so I, I tried to, I tried to just, it, you know, I was out of my element. I was uncomfortable the whole time. So I just, I tried to uh, go towards things that, well, at least I know that's on my radar, like evangelism and, and learning more mm-hmm. of what that is. Well, to me, conferences are like a book. If I can get one thing out of it, okay. Mm-hmm. It was not a waste of time. Maybe that's why I feel guilty because it's like, ah, this, is, this is a plane ticket's worth, you know? It's yeah. Like, I'm getting one thing. Yeah, but you never know, especially mm. in leadership. You pick up anything you can. Okay, so so the whole context of this is the future of faith in the church, especially in America. So we have this cross-section of listeners. From that, from where you are today, what do you say to that 21-year-old guy who's in college right now about the future of his faith? I'm going to just go walk through a couple of cross-section of our listeners. So first one, 21-year-old guy who's in college right now, he's trying to hang on to his faith, What, where you are today as, an, as a leader, especially people who look up to you of your generation, so many, what do you say to them? I would say to the, the younger, educate yourself on, the, on what else is out there not in a pluralistic way, but in a understanding Jesus in the context of other religions and other hmm. worldviews. How he measures up. Worldviews. Yes, and understand those other, other worldviews, but to tap into compromising on Christian ethics or um, biblical ethics that are more conservative um, is to really put uh, Jesus in a box it was really put limits around him so uh, uh, one thing I, I, I think what, what was encouraging was you see all these demographics and races and religion or uh, denominations you know nations and uh, but 
there was a, there was an extreme lack of what was encouraging in that is that there's a lot of people have not compromised. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have different models of church, and mm-hmm. this is one particular model within ecclesiology, you know. But it's not all of mm-hmm. Christology or church, or you know, it's just one, and it's you know, and that's mm-hmm. where you take what you leave and need the rest. But I think it was just a okay. It's good to, in this day and age, Christianity's not dead because mm-hmm. here are just mm-hmm. five thousand pastors and their wives that are just jacked on yeah. the same things that um, that I believe to hold true and. And that I believe our truth, yeah. and it's okay to say that, and it's okay for a twenty-year-old, twenty-one-year-old to believe that and to act that out. And um, but I don't think I just don't think there were many apostles and uh, compromised. Um, even in Acts fifteen, I don't think many there's compromising to get uh, people uh, into the body. Yeah. What do you say to the mom who listens? Has uh, three young kids. And uh, she's in the middle of her raising her kids in a faith community, Southbrook. And your takeaway coming for that 35-year-old mom of... Tim Keller said, uh, and I think about it all the time, there's no more important ministry than your family. And so uh, there's no greater discipleship than your children, probably. Mm-hmm. And um, and that is the that is what... Uh, I think that Norwegian pastor. That's what that Norwegian pastor. He's, he's got his family, his his flock. He's got his, the, the, you know, the the what he's been put in charge of as a pastor to pastor those people, and he's pastored that um, disciple, that uh, doctor that could go pray with people. And uh, so I I would say that that, that certainly that that mother of three who's um, who psychologically we know that's like working. Um, Raising one child is the psychological stress effect of two and a half jobs. Mm. Um, I think the effect that they can have as far as um, discipleship and and raising someone up is uh, no different than the, all these these uh, mega church and yeah. and mission yeah. uh, based churches yeah. pastors that are that are That's cool. leading a whole bunch of people. Last one. What do you say to say a fifty-seven-year-old megachurch pastor? <laughs> what what is, what is your message to the to the generation uh, or mm-hmm. one or two generations ahead of you? Just you know, hypothetically speaking, if you were talking to a fifty-seven-year-old yeah. pastor of a large church, I, what would you say? <laughs> I mentioned something this morning. I think the thing that a lot of people are really wowed. Um, but like like Joby Martin, so a yeah, good old boy that got up there. Basically, like Larry the Cable Guy. I mean, honestly, Larry yeah. the Cable Guy, but really smart. I mean, has his yeah. has you know has his really smart, but and a really great speaker and communicator. But looks and talks like Larry the Cable Guy. Um, he was talking about all the speakers that have come before him that conference, and I'm, I don't feel worthy to be up here. Like you know, he, you know. And, um, he he talked about Alan Hirsch, man. Like this guy, like, I don't know what he's talking about. He's using all these words. I don't know what they mean. And, and he talks. Uh, then he go, uh, and he uh. talks. Then Francis Chan gets up there, and he has all this energy. And after Francis Chan's done talking, I don't think I'm a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone see Francis Chan talking, mean, he is That's all a great emotion. Way to put it. He's all emotion. You know, it's just it's, he's on fire. Um, you know, uh, gosh. I mean, side note: Francis Chan got up there, and he basically did his didn't give talk about what he was supposed to talk about. He used to talk about Hebrews 12. And I thought I had pretty good um, 
understanding of Hebrews 12, and he, he turned it in this whole thing about we don't really understand what who God is, and we don't approach him the right way. And Anyway, um, so Francis Chan, all these, all these, all these um, I said it to you this morning, I think I'm, I'm very unimpressed by a lot of those guys. Um, everyone's blown away, you know, by their, their, their 15, 20 minute talk. But um, what I would say to someone, hypothetically a 56 year old lead pastor catalyzer um, that's uh, stayed faithful and is, is um, not jumping ship of the model that, you know, has, has, he's been faithful to. Um, very unimpressed by Francis Chan and Ed Stetzer and um, Dave Ferguson. Which we don't know if Francis Chan or Ed Stetzer are faithful listeners of Chucked or not. But so. I'd tell them if they, if they were. I don't, I don't need them. Yeah, I know you, I know um, you would. I know you um, would. I have no doubt about that. Uh, they agree. I, I just find it more impressive um, to teach people about uh, I find a message in, in late June to a half full auditorium about giving or <laughs> mission when you've, when you've spoken 22 out of the last 25 weekends, um, far more impressive than um, that got a little too hard. I'm going to go sell a book and say something that's polarizing within Christianity with a catchy title and then maybe go uh, get tenured at Wheaton or travel around and um, refine my one to five really great talks and um, make a living that way. Uh, there's nothing wrong with There's anything wrong with that, but I don't find that. Um, I don't find that like yeah, much of anything. You, I, 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 what I was thinking last week is of here. I know you're at this conference and, um, all church conferences are celebrity driven, you know, right? In 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 the first century, there were the super apostles, and then there were, you know, I am of Cephas, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos. I mean, there was there was all that. It's it's human nature. But I was thinking of it in terms of how is Austin taking this, in light of his ever going experiment? Can you be successful and be good? Mm-hmm. That the very things that make for celebrity are the very things that oppose uh, really high character and goodness, and and uh, it's I know it's an ever going experiment with you, mm-hmm. looking at it from Peyton Manning to Francis Chan uh, and everyone in between, and myself included, because in this church, in our church, in this little, little, I wouldn't even call it a pond, this little goldfish bowl that I'm in, I'm a celebrity, right? So this little tiny, this little tiny uh, pocket, I'm a, I'm a fish, mm-hmm. you know, that I was, I was interested in, I, I know you well enough to know what your takeaway was to some extent, um, but I... I tell you this, I, I part of part of part of my question on there is my constant focus is how can I help 
the next generation own this. Mm-hmm. Not like you're working for what you don't own, but you guys own this. And as long as we postulate and project and stuff, it's very difficult for the next generation to really own it. Mm-hmm. And that's my personal concern. That's why I ask you that question is in part, what's your perspective on this very celebrity-driven Christian culture mm-hmm. that sells books, but in doing so, actually gets in the way. Mm-hmm. You know, actually gets in the way. And I'm fascinated by that. I'm fascinated by your ongoing social experiment of can you be great and be good? You know, and uh, yeah. uh, and that certainly implies to the Christian celebrity reality that's that's there. It's uh, it's hugely there. And who knows how, how you know, I don't know those guys' personal lives and, and all that. I just, but um, I think that, that part of it was, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's part of it was discouraging or something. I, I know, like when I got home, like I just I, need, I, you know, I tried to disappear. Um, so you just went ahead and I, got sick. Yeah. No, I the next the next morning I I um I needed something and so I went to to rent um, the Apostle of Christ. I couldn't rent it, so I bought it on iTunes for thirteen dollars and I watched that. the one the one that was recently made Paul. yeah and I watched that and just cried through that and that was the only thing this um boy that's some serious good substance that movie it is and yeah I don't know I don't know why that one came to mind I'd only seen it once and it was one of those movies that I don't I don't I didn't really ever want to see it again because I just wanted it at that experience you know mm-hmm. but I just needed that Friday so I just bought it and watched it um, and uh, and just you know cried through that and um because yeah, I just felt uh, discouraged, and maybe I'll I'll know why later on. But uh, um, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the question you're asking. It's up to this generation to to do it. And I sat there feeling like I don't feel like doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that honesty. I, I I know. I. But maybe the that is not the that. It's mm-hmm. it's something that you know, especially around here, you guys will discover that it is it morphs out of the this mm-hmm. and becomes something that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited about that. Uh, I constantly am thinking of how can I stay out of the way because once you get to my age and my ex- you're in the way, to some extent, you're in the way. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm excited by that. So I was excited for you last week, just what I, kn- I knew that you'd be peopled out. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that you see right through some of the stuff that drives these things that aren't yeah aren't real appealing but there's also a lot of good to get from it as with anything until next time this is uh, Charles Braxton and Austin Charles and this is Chuck